Well, Mercury is in Pisces and I'm a little late doing this because Mercury actually moved into the sign of Pisces yesterday. But um, Mercury in Pisces is a little bit slippery and a little bit dreamy and um, a little bit um, uh, slippery is the best word I can say. And Mercury is now squaring my own Mercury. So things are a little bit like foggy and a little bit magical and a little bit mysterious. But I wanted to do you a quick video to talk about uh, Mercury's journey through Pisces because it's fast. Mercury moved into the sign of Pisces March the 2nd and will leave on March the 19th. So we've only got 17 days. Um, so only two and a half weeks of Mercury in Pisces to make the most of. But it's a biggie. <laughs> so what I'm going to do in this, I'm pulling I've pulled a card for this journey. And then I'm just going to show you some stuff. And then I'm going to stop the screen share and just talk to you and tell you some stories, which is very Mercury and Pisces, kind of channeling some energy to help you navigate through this time. Because, well, you'll see why. But anyway, <laughs> before I start and dive in and show you the screen things and some details, and then we go into the, the magic of Mercury and Pisces, I do want to mention my sponsor for Sigmatic Coffee uh, with the reishi and other mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms in it. Um, with my code that's in um, the description which is cosmic, the code is cosmic for four sigmatic coffee, then you get 30% off your first order. And there's a 60 day money back guarantee. So give it a try. Um, I'm hooked. My focus is, well, apart from when Mercury's just moved into Pisces, my focus is so much better when I'm drinking this coffee. Um, so and don't forget to subscribe to my channel while you're there too. So again, I am reading from this book because this new deck I'm getting to know, the Red Seeds Tarot, the Illusion Mysteries. Um, it's available on Etsy from the UK. And the card I pulled for this is the Misties. The Misties were, um, well, this is Corey. This is the innocent version of Persephone. Uh, Corey became Persephone when Corey was the kind of virginal, um, innocent daughter of Demeter. And this is the fool card in the tarot. This is uh, the fool in this uh, deck is Corey or uh, the Misties. And this says, I am the unknown. And this is the zero card. We are at this time of new beginnings because we have so many um, planets and other um well, planets moving to the zero degree of new signs through March. And Mercury was the first. So I want to read you the quote. And suddenly, you know, it's time to start something new and trust the magic of beginnings. And that's Meister Eckhart. And you cannot make this stuff up because I literally shuffled and shuffled and shuffled and pulled this card. So I just want to read you um, the, the from the book about this. The unknown stands before us. There will be changes and we'll, we, we will need to be ready to embrace the journey ahead as it carries the promise of freedom, excitement and transformation. 
Finding ourselves in a time of upheaval and change can be overwhelming, plunging us into a space of uncertainty and magnifying our anxieties and fears. Sometimes we ignore the call to change, distraction and avoidance. That's easy with Mercury in Pisces, by the way, are common behaviours in such times. But it's hard to leave the comfort of what we know to journey into an unknown territory. Courage and a certain amount of wildness helps us to follow the path that is calling to us. It is unlikely to be what we expect. Trust the road ahead. The journey is beginning and offering us abundant possibilities. Okay. All right. So this journey really began back on February the 20th. Um, I did um, a new moon podcast with my friend Taylor Shuler for the Pisces new moon. Well, Mercury is there now. And we talked about that as being the seed of, of birth. Now we're heading into an Aries new moon on March the 21st right after Mercury moves into Aries and leaves the sign of Pisces, which is the first sign of the Zodiac. So I've always described Pisces as the amniotic fluid or the, the chaos, the dream time. Um, and there's many, many um, kind of creation myths where we come out of chaos. There's the Big Bang. Um, there's all stories of goddesses emerging from the ocean. And this feels to me the time that we are in. So today I'm just going to look at a couple of things for you. But let, first, let's look at some charts and then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, well, this is when Mar Mercury moved into the sign of Pisces yesterday, March the 2nd, 5.52 p.m. Um, in D.C. Now, Mercury has oh, moved fast. Mercury's already moved to one degree and is moving really, really fast, by the way, because Mercury is heading towards the midpoint between retrogrades where we're going to have a solar Kazemi. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. As Mars moves forward, I'm sorry, it's Mercury. <laughs> sorry. Mercury moves forward. Okay. Hit by uh, late on Sunday, March the 5th. He's going to, or he, she, they, whatever. Mercury is the shapeshifter, the trickster is going to be entering within 10 degrees of the sun and will be combust. So not only do we have Mercury in Pisces, which is in itself kind of slippery um, and cloudy and channely and mystical and pulling in information from um, the collective unconscious or spirit or source or whatever you want to call it, uh, Mercury is also going um, under the beams of the sun and being combust and being reborn. So our literally our mental faculties are being reborn on this journey. So Mercury is just these last couple of days here. Not um, I think he's probably invisible, but officially within 10 degrees of the sun, he is combust. So first of all, we have that. So then we have this amazingly strong Piscean energy. 
all under the beams of the sun. I just want to point out one thing here. When Mercury goes combust, the sun also um, reaches within 10 degrees of Neptune. And this little doohickey here <laughs> is asteroid Minerva. I'll talk about her in a minute. I'm going to tell you her story. And this is Nessus, who is going to be conjunct the Virgo full moon that we have on March the 7th when Saturn also joins the party. So right after the new, the full moon, the Virgo full moon, we have Saturn, Mercury, combust. Saturn won't be combust. Uh, Nessus, the Sun, Minerva and Neptune in Pisces. And I'm going to talk, talk about what all of this means in a minute. But if we kind of think about all of this here, this apart from Saturn is under the beams of the core of our universe, of our solar system, the sun. All right. And so she is in Pisces, which is all sparkly, shiny and connected with that sea of unconsciousness. All right. So. Yeah, I wanted to look at one other thing. So that's the seventh. We've got the full moon. We've, I've done a full moon video for that. Um, oh, I did want to show you uh, when we have the Kazemi. So I'll be talking about this as well. When we get to March the 17th, two days before um, Mercury leaves the sign of Pisces, look at this. We have this Kazemi, which is uh, the sun conjunct Mercury and Minerva is there as well at 27 degrees. Neptune is there at 25 degrees. The Kazemi is right in the middle of Neptune and Minerva, and that will be relevant to what I'm going to talk about in a minute. But look at this. We also have an almost exact square to Mars at 26 Gemini who will have just left the shadow of his very long retrograde, but Mars is right at peak out-of-bounds declination on this Kazemi. So this Kazemi could not be bigger. So one other thing I want to show you before I talk about what this could bring is um, what this looks like, this Kazemi. Okay, on March the 17th, Mercury is on the other side of the sun from our earthly perspective. That always means this is called the superior or exterior Kazemi because he's superior to the sun. But to my mind, the superior Kazemi always means that Mercury is bringing in messages from further out in the cosmos. He is the messenger. When he's a retrograde Kazemi, which means in the heart of the sun, and I'll talk more about that, he's this side. And that is bringing messages down to Earth through the sun. But this time, Mercury is being reborn, taking in information from further out in the universe. So bear that in mind as I talk with everything. So, all right. So, oh, it wouldn't let me... Um, Stop, stop the share. There we go. Stop the share. OK, so by the way, I do want to mention before um, I dive in further that I have got closed caption um, enabled now, but 
the closed caption um, subtitles, they really don't translate a lot of astrology language very well. So I also have a transcript enabled, which if you look on the description, click more on the description below, you can, there's a, um, a transcript that will be edited. It may not be available immediately, but my um, assistant usually edits it and uploads the, that transcript as subtitles. And that's more um, accurate. And you can read along as I talk. So some people like to read along as I talk and it's also uh, can help hard of hearing people. So um, yeah, awesome that we can do that these days, right? So I wanted to tell you a story <laughs> because I mentioned that um, Mercury, well, let's talk about Mercury going through Pisces first. I mentioned that Mercury is the mind, he's the messenger, he is curiosity. He is um, he's the trickster also. And um, he, uh, you, you know, he's a bit of a shapeshifter, a bit of a non-binary character, really kind of moving between worlds. Uh, Mercury was a bit of a naughty boy if he was in his uh, definite male incarnation, but he's definitely a bit non-binary. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think he did swing both ways in the myths even. But um um bearing in mind that that means he's looking at all sides everything and he's our perceptions as well and in pisces we uh, he's not said to be very strong in pisces i don't always believe in that i just think we have to move into a different kind of energy with mercury in pisces and we've only got two and a half weeks of this anyway and this is the energy of getting those messages and those synchronicities and paying attention and really tuning in and doing your um morning pages your stream of consciousness writing and letting these thoughts and ideas flow through from um, this place that is non-ordinary reality. Shamanic journey work is really good for this. I always uh, recommend Sandra Ingerman's Beginner's um, Guide to Journey Work book for those that want to explore shamanic journey work because you're ex it's in a time to explore the muse, the mystery, non-ordinary reality, your imagination. On, on the downside, Mercury and Pisces can mean that there's deception and illusion and we cannot think clearly and we cannot um, um, perceive things as they really are. But again, it's only got two and a half weeks of this. So why not join in the magic? Now, I want to go to the Kazemi, which is on March the 17th. But first, we do have that Pisces um, uh, conjunction, the, sorry, the sun conjunct Nessus um, with Mercury close by as well on the Virgo full moon. So I'd invite you to go and look at my Virgo full moon video as well. I do think there's going to be a lot revealed with this rebirth of Mercury and uh, specifically uh, where people have abused their power. So abuses of power are going to be revealed around the time of the full moon. And when Saturn comes into Pisces, kind of like this... Um, like reality check kind of energy. But then as we move past the full moon to March the 17th, we get closer and closer to the Kazemi and Mercury will conjunct Neptune, first of all. But on the Kazemi, on March the 17th, 
uh, Neptune and uh, asteroid Minerva will be a degree either side of the Kazemi. So I'm going to read you a little story about Neptune and Minerva. Now, Minerva um, was born without a mother. Her father was mighty Jupiter. So in, um, in other mythology, this is also Pallas Athena. They are really kind of the same or similar figures with the Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. They kind of differ slightly, but Minerva is... Uh, similar to Pallas Athena in, in energy. So she was born directly out of Jupiter's brain um, and Jupiter loved all his children. But um, if he had to pick a favorite, it would have been Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. Minerva was a really powerful force and one, and she was actually one of the deities who made up the uh, Dei Consentes, the Roman Council of Twelve Gods. Now, there's many myths, many, many myths about Minerva, but I want to read this one to you because it involves Neptune. So in ancient times, each town had a special deity, a god that looked after them. And Neptune, lord of the sea, was a really powerful god, loved attention, loved having towns and temples to worship him. He loved the gifts people brought him. And Neptune was always on the lookout for towns that had not yet been claimed by a god. And he wanted as many time, um, towns as possible to call his own, which is very Neptunian. It's very vast energy, all right? And although towns could only have one god to watch over them, gods could watch over as many towns as they chose. But one day Minerva, who is the goddess of wisdom, and Neptune, lord of the sea, both claimed a coastal village. Um, normally the people in the village would have been thrilled to be selected by a god to watch over them, but two gods at once? A town could only have one guardian and they did not want to choose. They did not want to anger either god. Minerva, who was wise as well as beautiful, understood their worry. She suggested that both gods should give the town a gift. The townspeople could decide which gift was better and Neptune loved the idea. Uh, but of course, this made the townspeople even more nervous. Neptune tapped the side of the mountain and water flowed out in a beautiful stream. Fresh water was so important in these towns and the people were sure Neptune had won, but they tasted the water and they had to spit it out because it was actually salt water. But then Minerva waved her hand and an olive tree began to grow and the people tasted the olives and smiles broke out. The olives were delicious. The olive tree would provide food, shelter and oil for cooking. It was a magnificent gift indeed. But no coastal village would risk angering the Lord of the Sea, the mighty Neptune. So fortunately, the people did not have to choose. Neptune threw back his head and laughed his mighty roar. Yours is a far better gift than mine, my lovely niece. The village is yours. And even today, Minerva's special tree is the olive. So whilst Minerva and Neptune were in competition, 
they actually kind of came together in this one and um and Neptune was like you know I give you <laughs> this one you you win okay and on this Kazemi Minerva is slightly ahead of the Kazemi but all four Neptune Mercury, the messenger, the go-between, and Minerva or Pallas Athena. By the by the way, the town was named Athens, so after the um, Pallas Athena version of Minerva, uh, they came together, and here they are, all conjoined, all together on this Kazemi, and and literally, if I look at it, you know, there's just over a degree from the uh, Mercury Sun Kazemi to Neptune and less uh, than one degree to Minerva at 27 degrees of Pisces. Now what Kazemi means is in the throne, throne of royalty, it's officially in the throne of the king, but you know, I'm trying to do away with these uh, um, hierarchical terms all the time. What about the queen? The sun was feminine in some, um, um, some cosmologies. So, so let's say that Mercury is in the throne of the queen or the or royalty. Well, this feels like um, the goddess of wisdom is really bringing it in this time. And Neptune is kind of languorously lazing just behind because all the other three are faster moving, saying, all right, you've got this one. You are taking us into this rebirth period because Mercury is being reborn under the beams of the sun. Minerva is being born, born under, reborn under the beams of the sun and Neptune is being reborn under the beams of the sun. If you were to look at the sky from our perspective, none of these would be visible, right? And even Nessus as well is under the beams of the sun in this. So even with the best, best telescopes, only Saturn in Pisces is visible during this time. So this is a really, really magical time of rebirth, but there's a wriggle. They're in square to Mars and Mars has been on this long retrograde journey. And Mars is the guardian of the galaxy. He's the god of war as well. He is the most um, outer um, planet of the personal planets okay so i always think of him as standing guard over the other personal planets saying the cosmos come by me first <laughs> and mars has just left the shadow of his retrograde on this kazemi on march the 17th this is such a huge day but mars is also at his maximum declination out of bounds which means he's extra mars in gemini it's been absolute nightmare for me, to be quite honest, but <laughs> but it's also been good as well because Mars is saying act differently. He's been reborn. He's had a rare retrograde in that was completely in the sign of Gemini. That didn't happen since um, 1943 into 1944. Uh, right in the middle of uh, the war and towards the end of it, actually. But when Mars leaves the shadow at 25 degrees and squares this Kazemi at 26 degrees, he is so far way out there, off the ecliptic, way out of bounds, 
that he's acting really eccentrically and really out of character. And this square to Neptune, this mutable square is saying, I am ready to bring major, major change. And the other thing is that, um, you know, Aries, where we are just moving into right after this Kazemi, is the home of Mars. And that's the first sign in the zodiac. So here we have this rebirth in the womb um, of the of the cosmos in Pisces, then moving into Aries just days afterwards, saying it's time to start something new. And Mars is leaving, leading the way and try time to do something very, very different. So it's quite a magical time. I think it's going to be challenging, however, because I do um, actually think that this square to Mars and the full moon during this journey of Pisces is going to reveal some quite nasty stuff combined with Pluto being also at the anoretic degree of Capricorn during this time. I think the clouds are going to part, but this is because we're being invited to birth something very new. So I just want to quickly look at the symbols, then we're going to just call it a day. I only wanted to make this a fairly quick video. So the Sabian symbol for the Mercury Kazemi on March 17th, which, well, St. Patrick's Day, that's a fun one, um, is the harvest moon illumines a clear autumnal sky. And um, Dane Rudyard describes this as the light of fulfillment that blesses work well done. Um, so I just want to read. He says the key word is consummation, but um, this karmic moment, the seed of the new cyclic manifestation is latent. So it's kind of carrying on the seeding of that new moon that was back on February the 20th. By March the 17th, everything's being reborn and ready to move into Aries to restart something very new. So this, I'll leave you with the Chandra symbol, the last bit, a ritual sand painting. Earth magic works upon the imagination to turn around old patterns and lost worlds by seeing it all with a different pair of eyes. Uh, the one who stayed under in a trance of automatic repetition, a regressive loop, is crying out for soul retrieval, is searching for whole new ways to feel and experience the way the energies move. Everything depends on how you hold it, the field of assumptions and yearnings, for there is a tremendous ability here to follow a subtle track right through the middle of the lingering trances into a heightened experience of what this all has been about for so long, searching for a deeper path through, learning it's there and not being able to carry forward any other way. So, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, two and a half weeks, <laughs> only till March the 19th, only actually 16 days because I didn't get to recording this beforehand <laughs> because Mercury and Pisces square my own Mercury. 
is a time to just like concentrate on what you are birthing and on being reborn and renewed, ready to step out on a uh, March the 20th, actually on the equinox, and then the Aries new moon that's at zero degrees. By the way, I'm premiering, <laughs> I'm premiering that video on the full moon on uh, March the 7th, I think. So I'll be live in the chat for that. So join me for the premiere of that. You can find it um, in the um, um it's it's uploaded, kind of ready to go. It still needs all the transcription doing and everything. But if you click notify me on the um, new moon video, you'll get a little notification when it goes live and I'll be there in the chat to chat with you and answer any questions. So for now, from me, I don't care what they say about Mercury and Pisces being delivered, debilitated. For me, this is going to be a very magical time. However, do be aware that that Mars square to the Cassini on March the 17th could cut right to the heart of things and could sting a little bit, um, especially if you've been out of integrity. But maybe you have some lessons to learn before you're reborn as well. So much love. Enjoy it. Um, I know I'm going to.